listening to Pick Hard Talk exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome listeners to a special episode of Picard Talk. This week we'll be discussing the season 2 teaser, but in true crossover fashion, also commented on Starship Discovery season 4 trailer. And once again, the two marks are delivering an irreverent review, providing you lively debate, conversation and social commentary. Will this Picard season be all about time and have Mark's head explode? Has Picard awoken the par wraiths from Deep Space Nine? Will Q make Picard relive his academy years? Has Picard retrieved the correct Stargazer model from storage? Will the crew of Discovery be keeping up with the Cardassians? Has Buck destroyed the shuttle bay with his massive pussy? Has Starfleet issued new uniforms for pregnant women? All this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode. Let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr. Mark Pollard. Hi, mate. You right? <laughs> yeah, we're all right. We're having to do a mashup of these because I don't know whether there's enough to talk about each one on their own. I would say, interestingly enough, the Picard one has more to talk about, even though it's the shortest of the two. But is that because we already know bits and pieces about it? Most likely. We'll get to that. Let's not jump too early in, eh? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to use all my material up in the first 30 seconds. Are we in characters now rather than sentences? <laughs> so, yeah. So, Mark, I presume, has done his usual dedicated, diligent research in anticipation of this show. I watched the trailers for the second time when he jumped onto the Zoom, which, because we're doing it on Zoom because the world's still killing people with viruses. And I, I watched the trailers and made notes while whilst the trailers were on. Anyone who's watched the trailers will know that I think they'll last about a minute tops. So, well, the Picard one's sick 30 seconds. <laughs> so that's the full extent. My notes, let me read you my notes. Q and Guinan, the trial never ends. <laughs> that's the full extent of my notes for Picard season two. <laughs> so I might, be, yeah. I might be leaning on you a bit. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in. Tune in next time. Yeah. Oh dear. That's the best of a 30 second trailer ever. Thank you. <laughs> so, shall we start with Picard? Because I reckon I'm going to get through this faster. <laughs> Well, where do you want to start? Where do you want to, do you want to start with the main intro? or? or we... Well, I mean, let, let's be honest. It's relatively on the nose that Q is going to be involved in season two. We'll get on to that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's, I know it's only 30 seconds, but there's a hell of a lot of sexy Easter eggs, isn't there? Is there? I saw a card with Q on, which I assume was Q. You got that, yeah. Um, I heard Q's voice. I heard the trial never ends, which obviously calls back to the next gen where in the first episode and sporadically in between then and obviously the last episode was all about humanity being up for trial Whoopi Goldberg and her character Gannon are going to be in this season now we know her character her species is a time travelling type she's an Elorian there's a link here between Q the Borg Starfleet Gannon and the film Generations because I'm going to say Roddy McDowell I don't think it is Roddy McDowell is it he's an American actor I was going to say Andy McDowell but that's not the one either no she, well she, she's not looking too good if that's what she looked like no. when she came to filming next gen um, the guy with the white hair who was in a clockwork orange by the powers of magic of editing I will have IMDB'd this by the time I finished the sentence yeah she's an Elorian whose species was one of the species destroyed by the Borg and so there's the tenuous link between Q who obviously as, as fans of the show of next generation will realise he clicked his fingers and they were thrown into the Delta Quadrant and were introduced to the Borg far sooner than was 
was planned. But because Guinan has been around for a while, she obviously is aware of them. So that's quite good that she and Q are in this. But I was going to run through the intro in, ironically, chronological order. You should do. Uh, Malcolm McDowell is the name you were looking for. I came up with it from the forefront of my brain while you were talking. There's a reason why you're here. Uh, there you go, people. <laughs> he might do shit now, but I've heard this to him. I can type in the name of a film into IMDb and Thank read. You. <laughs> so, well, let's let you go through chronologically this trailer because I obviously missed a lot. I say I missed a lot. I kind of have a rough gist of where we're going with these things. My overall impression of Picard is that it's basically, unlike Discovery, which is very much about creating new ground, as it were, and going off in its own direction, Picard's very much about callbacks to the things we used to love. So lots of cameos of characters we already know and love, lots of calling back to storylines we're aware of, that kind of thing. We've had Data, we've obviously had Riker and Troy, we're obviously getting Q and Guinan, I suspect Geordie might pop up at some point, you know, so you're getting all these people who are sort of coming back into our lives. That's the gratification we get from watching Picard, whereas Discovery is kind of, this is all new, so deal with it. That's absolutely right. I mean, I know you referred to Picard as like a comfy pair of slippers. You want to be careful not to do that too often. I do know the new spin-off series of Strange New Worlds is going to be more episodic like the original series, and I hope they do that because that's one of the things that makes it quite a fan favourite. Although um, they'll have to extend the length of the episodes, I feel, if they're going to do that. The general length of an episode for the likes of Next Gen was about 40 minutes, wasn't it? 40, 45 yeah. minutes with... But nowadays, you can get sort of 30, 35-minute episodes, and I'd hate... An ep- We're getting that now at the moment with Disney+, Plus with the likes of WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I do feel they're just that touch short. I don't feel like I get me fix. I think they can do that because of the arrogance of the fact that they've built the tapestry of wonder, and I suspect because they also will lead back into... So we were dipping out the films into series, and then they'll dip back into films again. Because, I mean, you're absolutely right, the Winter Soldier series is only six episodes, if I'm correct, and nine episodes for one division. So you are right in that respect, but they've got a greater wealth of properties and films, I suppose, whereas we've got the shows to fall back on. And Picard does do that, because obviously Hugh and Seven of Nine are two other characters they brought back. I don't believe Seven of Nine is going to be a regular. I think she is going to come back for season two, but only now and again. Coincidentally, when we need her, like in season one. Like a MacGuffin. As soon as anything it requires that particular form of expertise, like an IT professional, she'll appear. <laughs> With this, I think they're trying to do fan service. There's a fantastic documentary called What We Left Behind, which is Deep Space Nine documentary. Well, we've talked about it actually in our last Discovery show, the fact that we hadn't revisited Deep Space Nine. I alluded to the wormhole being one of the ways they could have got back home in season three. So without further ado, I'm going to try as possible to go through the 30 second bear in mind listeners of the notes that mark took (laughs) of 30 seconds i will do my best in chronological order to go through all the sexy things that we picked up in the trailer so starting right at the top we get a close-up of the clock this is the same clock that was on the fireplace in chateau picard clearly an indicator to something to do with time and this was recreated when he was on board the la serena for him to live on the holodeck essentially we then move very cleverly to a tablet now this has never been seen other than in the episode the reckoning in deep space nine when the par wraiths were released and caused havoc in the episode in fact called the reckoning so this artifact that appears is known 
as the Reckoning Tablet, and it was in the ruins of Bahala, if I pronounced that properly, by a team of Bajoran archaeologists in 73-74. actually has the Bajoran inscription of Welcome Emissary. Well, that's, that is interesting, because does that then call into... I mean, we surely we're not going to see Cisco. I mean, I love, just for the record, I think Cisco's possibly one of my favourite captains. He only comes second to Picard because Picard's cool, but by the same token, he is mad as a box of frogs as a human being. I like Cisco as well, just to agree on that. And one of the best scenes I ever saw on Deep Space Nine was when they are forced to leave the station. So, you know, he loved his baseball, got like a signed baseball, and he leaves it on the table. And then when Guldercat comes in, they've uh, teft everything round, and then on this table is just this signed baseball to subtly tell him that we'll be back for it kind well, of it thing. it was a clear indicator, wasn't yeah. it? I'm coming back for this. Yeah, I quite like that. Now, sadly, I'm sure you'll IMDb. Avery Brooks. Correct. Avery Brooks has been absent, apart from maybe a couple of Comic Cons. He's been off the grid. He didn't even take part in the documentary, which was sad. But we may see him. It'd be quite nice if we do, because Picard and him, again, linked to the Borg. Obviously, as Picard was Locutus, ended up destroying one of the ships in the Battle of Wolf 359. One of the ships, in fact, that uh, Cisco's wife was on. There's that famous scene in there at the beginning of Deep Space Nine where Picard's been all pally-pally with him and Cisco quite literally cuts him off at the knees and says, I yeah. don't like you because you killed my wife. Exactly. And there was always that tension and that was where they were physically handing the baton over from Next Generation series to Deep Space Nine. Now, Deep Space Nine, as I've mentioned before in our previous podcast, Disco Fever, wasn't one of the most favourite of production. Fans loved it and actually, thanks to Netflix, had a, a renaissance and was able to be seen by a different generation of people. So thank you to that streaming service. It's actually become more popular than maybe Voyager or Next Generation but the problem Deep Space Nine had is they were in the middle of the ending of Next Generation and also at the same time the beginnings of Voyager and they were fighting for ratings between those two shows producers could never get their head around how you were going to make a successful show that was singularly based on a Starbase however they managed they managed it and they did very well Absolutely. One of the best, I would say, particularly for me, from season four onwards, got far better. That's an example of every season getting marginally better every season after. So I'm your bookie and you've got a pocket full of cash. Are you going to place the bet that Deep Space Nine or some of our very familiar characters from Deep Space Nine are going to pop their heads above the parapet in season two? Absolutely, yeah. Which ones? Go on. I mean, that's a really tough question because it could be anyone, couldn't it? Well, well, obviously (laughs) not. So I doubt Dax, uh, Jedzia Dax, because she quit, she won. They, well, she asked for time off and the studio obliged by getting shut. She wanted more time. I think she'd had a baby and she wanted more time with the children. And they went, yeah, 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 let's take the whole time off. And then they replaced her with another Dax symbiote. Maybe not. It'd be nice to get Cisco. I don't know. I'd love Cisco. Kira quite. Uh, Kira Norris. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Walk. What a quark. Quark oh, would be cool. Would be very good because there's an actual good scene in Voyager where Quark is basically trying to con Enten Kim and Paris comes along and talks about being conned. Quark was a fantastic character. I would quite like to see Garrick. Yeah. Now because, which we'll talk about later, there's a, there is a Cardassian link but it'd be quite nice to see Quark. It'd be quite poignant with Quark as well because his nephew, the guy who played it Nog, who was played by Aaron Eisenberg who played Nog is sadly not with us anymore so that'd be quite a nice little nod but we can hope, we can only speculate at the minute. I think it'll be exciting to see 
seen and we'll watch the space I'm sure when we come to do the show we'll be as equally excited to see them moving forward the next Easter egg want to call it is the oil painting of the US Enterprise 1701D above the fireplace now this particular painting is the one that hung in Picard's ready room now this particular one actually comes with the additional scorch marks which is very nice because it clearly shows that when it was destroyed on Viridian 3 in Star Trek Generations that they've gone back picked it up and put it back in his room that was quite nice to see we slowly pan around the room and now we get an abundance of various callbacks and things so there's other than the oil painting the books that are open volumes one and two of the annotated Shakespeare these appeared again in his ready room featured all the way through season one to season six in his quarters the other book is the globe illustrated Shakespeare that Q was thumbing through and actually threw a Picard in episode hide and Q next generation series these books are not too visible but if you stop it and zoom in you'll pick them up below the painting on the mantelpiece is the fossil ammonite now that was in most episodes the nautilus shell and that sat behind the captain's chair in his ready room on the enterprise d and e it also appeared if memory serves me right star trek nemesis and first contact which was a fantastic one in the mantelpiece you've got the bronze sculpture with the horse now this was seen in his chateau where they lived well they should be family. more careful of what he eats <laughs> With his chateau. <laughs> if you're finding bronze horses in your chateau. Well, he's going to eat more roughage. Don't eat more roughage. That'll have the, the other effect. We saw that in season four, episode two of Family. And then we find that they tragically died in a fire, which always a winner. We see it's like a ship in a bottle. Now, that turns out that it's the Promelian Battle Cruiser. Again, call back to the episode Boobage Trap. Picard always talked about visiting a Promelian battle cruiser, which he said he used to build models when he was a kid. In front, draped over his chair, is the Mintarkin tapestry, and that was given to him by the Proto-Vulcans on Mintarka 3 during the episode Who Watches the Watchers. <laughs> Essentially, what we're doing is we're looking at what is otherwise a collector's wet dream. That's exactly right. That is exactly... If you went to someone who was what they would say, I'm your number one fan, that would be their bedroom. Apart from tissues and spunk everywhere, basically. <laughs> it is, though, isn't it? It's everything that Picard's ever collected during the course of his on-TV screen life. Yeah. And as fans of this show, we're looking at all these things. Going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I remember in uh, season four, episode 23... He was given that as a gift. Obviously, people like me who spend just the 30 seconds watching the trailer, all of this just bypasses me completely. And even now you're telling me some of this, I'm, I'm utterly bored with. Some, some of it's interesting. I quite like the picture. I've obviously typed in now, so I've got some images, some still images, and I can see sort of over to the left of one of the screenshots, there's the book in the case, which I remember from his red room. I mean, things like that are a nice callback. The annotated Shakespearean works, incidentally, I think, is left on the same page. So what that tells me is since the season six he hasn't read it anymore what, he, he, left what he is is he's full of shit he pretends that he's an educated well-read man in actual fact he's never read a Shakespearean book in his life it sits there looking pretty he pretends he's all clever and that because he's yeah. got a, a Shakespearean book in his room but he's never been anywhere near it no, well, it's like a lot of Christians who have Bibles open at certain passages, don't know anything about it. Like, um, <laughs> can you just tell us what the Gospel of Mark says? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's about this, it's this fella, his fella, he had a beard and long hair. His name escapes me. Uh, J uh, Jed. 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 <laughs> 
he probably had to change his name. He was getting that popular. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't wish to bore you. Hopefully, you no. Know. Well, I'm I'm being facetious, of course. Oh. I'm sure the people listening to the show are utterly thrilled. It's only my ignorance. Well, I mean, the thing is, as if none of this has anything to do with the show at all. But one of the things that was interesting is not specifically an Easter egg touches upon the time element. The fact that you have a egg timer going in reverse. Egg timer. I don't think that's technically what they're called. Hourglass. Thank you. Yes, you have the <laughs> egg timer. They're the ones you do when you're boiling your eggs. <laughs> he might have one of those going in reverse. Who knows? With it being a clock, we're going to go back with Q, who just clicks his fingers. Because Tapestry, you know, was one of his shows where he shows how he ends up with his heart problem because he gets stabbed by a Norsican. I'm assuming that's going to play a part. But isn't Picard an android now? Which is the thing we're going to have to get our heads round. I watched the trailer and then I went, yeah, but he's not. He's, he's not Picard not anymore, is he? No. So The funny part about it is, of course, that Patrick Stewart is not getting any younger and he's already a hefty weight. I mean, he looks fabulous. He looks healthier now than I look and I'm a mere fraction of his age. But the stark reality is he is getting on. So Picard's not going to get any younger. So having an android, and I know they sort of try to bullshit the way out of that slight mouse trap at the end of season one but it is going to be something they're going to have to be wrestling with in season two well that's why it's taken so long because they couldn't get insurance for him as an actor because of his age and because of covid and everything else so it's taken longer they've had to approach the filming in a different way and as you rightly say it's all well and good saying well it's okay we've programmed the android body to age like a human but he's still human in real life you know he's 80 well hopefully we'll be able to just transfer his brain into an android before he dies and what in real life yeah in real life <laughs> isn't that what they're planning on doing with Shatner probably by then we may be able to just deep fake him so every time we watch a show it'll just be AI doing it it does put it into perspective when we're on season 2 and it's taken us an extra year to get the season out how do we feel about Q coming back because Q was a great character and there was always great bants between Picard and Q but this whole the trial never ends thing does feel like they're dragging a very well told story out again for me, I feel like they're going to have to do something quite interesting with it for me not to feel like they're just being slightly lazy and relying upon things that have worked in the past just to, to almost rehash them. I think there's a certain level to where fans will get excited about seeing something that they remember from the 80s, 90s to put all the eggs in one basket and expect that fans are just going to keep being happy bringing in the old people in a wheelchair. At what point does that become silly? In real life, these actors are ageing and I remember you and I go into a Star Trek convention I say this story all the time but we were queuing up at all these faces of these people's autographs to get and the photographs you were signing was when they were in their prime in 1986 you get to this counter and you've got some pensioner who's signing a headshot for £50 and it kind of puts that into perspective which is you remember them as they were not as they are now well you so, don't want it to feel like an episode of Cheers either do you all of a sudden Guinan walks into the room and then there's that round of applause of everyone woo yeah and there's all that clapping in the background because Guinan's popped in and oh look everyone it's Guinan's come to visit and you go oh come on yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head it's exactly that the fans will soon tune out I think it's good to be able to do that and Q's a good character you know again you think about Picard strong lead male actor Q always was the counterpoint to that he would turn up and I think that's what they've said about this is it's an unexpected visit from Q Q's been another character that's been in most of the iterations of all the series anyway to cause havoc I think with Hugh Borg being in the last season and Q being connected to that there's very 
few people could cause Picard to be perturbed, but Q was one of the few. I was never a big fan of Q, the storyline. I liked Q, the character, if that makes sense. So when he turned up and started causing all sorts of murder, I quite liked that. But I omnipotent being thing and the whole humanity on trial thing. And I remember that storyline where he was thrown out and there was a civil war going on in the Q continuum. All that stuff just left me feeling quite cold. It felt stupid and a bit fantastical. When he, when he suddenly got sacked from the Q continuum and then he had his own kid and this, that and the other, it wasn't one of the strongest of storylines. Q being around the downfall of mankind, that's his bag because that kind of ties into one of the things that's left in this teaser trailer, the Paradise Lost book, which was written by John Milton, the classic poem of 1667 depicting the biblical fall of man with the temptation of Adam and Eve when Lucifer fell from heaven and with Q's MO, as it were, it's right up his street. The other thing that was actually interesting, we get to see the bronze model of the USS Stargazer. This is not a new thing. We've seen this in Next Generation. However, one of the problems fans had at the time is the Stargazer registry wasn't the same as the ship itself. So they had a model of Stargazer, but it wasn't actually the model of Stargazer. Whereas this one is, it's got the right registry as a Constellation class ship. Quite interesting that they show this because we might actually see him on the bridge of that when he was in it. The Doctor from the Stargazer did feature right at the beginning of season one, which was quite an interesting dynamic that we've never seen before. There is possibility that we get to see him on the Stargazer. Does that mean by default we might see the Ferengi? Are there any other hidden storylines do we think from this trailer? Are we excited about season two? I'll say categorically I'm more excited for season two Picard than I am for season four Discovery. Yeah, I think I am too. But is that because we get all these callbacks? Is this because we do get to enjoy our comfy, warm pair of slippers? Obviously, taking season three of Discovery out of the equation, because I think if you listen to our shows, you universally know that we think that season three of Discovery was, how do I phrase this, a sack of shit. (laughs) But other than that, Discovery's been quite good. Season one and two, we enjoyed. So is it because it's more familiar? Those are valid points. It's not about the situation with Discovery. It's how they're writing and writing the characters and it's how they're telling stories. I have no problem in finding new worlds, new species. They haven't done that. Season three is they were given essentially a blank canvas to go and write stories and they fundamentally destroyed. It's like Gene Rodenbury wrote the vision and they were like, we're going to take your vision and we're going to shit all over it. Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery are almost dystopian stories, whereas the original series, Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine were ones of how things were better. If you go and look at Discovery now, against even the original series it's more of a dystopian storyline people are struggling people aren't happy at all you know it wasn't great but the Federation had all their ducks in a row and they made it clear that they weren't going to interfere in other people's business they were going to be there as maybe mediators or put together treaties or assist people in trade they'd already sorted out their problems there wasn't any any famine there wasn't any racism there wasn't any sexism there wasn't any politics of any kind all the Discovery's done is that well there's Gene Rodenberry's stuff we're going to just tell our own story and it's at loggerheads it doesn't tell us Starfleet story. So that's the problem I've got with Discovery. Does that nicely segue us over to dealing with the Discovery trailer? I guess I should probably let you go through that. Although the Discovery trailer was a bit more long-winded than the Picard one, there was less in it. Let's go off the bat straight away. The new uniform. Like him. I do like him. Why? Um, 
I, I mean, I suppose you could argue they're a bit lazy in that they, they're almost falling back on the old uniforms, whereas up to this point, they've always done new stuff, which I've really enjoyed. So I guess that's lazy. I, I think they look all right. Although, as I say, I suppose you should lose points for not being imaginative because they've gone back to the next generation uniform style, haven't they, where it's predominantly the colour of the section that you're in. So whether you command or science, engineering, that wasn't the problem I had. It's the design. It's very frumpy. I mean, maybe their post-COVID lockdown, I'll put a bit of weight on. Let's, let's <laughs> I'm going to have to buy one. Maybe it's for people who've been just munching on kebabs for 12 months. They haven't been to a convention. That uniform they spent a fortune on that they've always worn to the conventions now might not fit as well as no. it used to. So they've now got this new luxury, easy hang discovery version that they can trot up in. Yeah, it just looked frumpy. I made the joke in response to the trailer outside of this podcast that it's probably a maternity one <laughs> everyone's so pregnant everyone's pregnant that's the first thing i saw again there's an explosion in the shuttle bay something's gone off there's another fucking anomaly I mean, well you i laughed heartily with this gravitational anomaly they call it which obviously is certainly a sector possibly a universal wide problem that's causing havoc in a gravitationally anomaly kind of way are we going to see that it turns out at the end of season four it was a teenage kid who farted really strongly and it caused a ripple across the whole of space causing a gravitational flux because obviously in season three the complete mass explosion of anything with a warp engine was because a teenage kid was having a tantrum well i suspect it could be greta thunberg sees someone eating meat and just loses their shit i reckon at the end of season four it's greta She's like proper losing her shit over the world, sunken into the ocean. It's not a storyline that immediately hooks you in, is it? There's a gravitational problem because every episode in Star Trek has some sort of gravitational anomaly of some description. So I'm not immediately thinking, oh, this is going to be an interesting one. Given that we've got no settled structures across certainly the Alpha Quadrant, I'm looking for how to restructure the Federation, how to rebuild it, the problems of doing that when people have moved on. You know, I want all that kind of stuff. I don't want people floating because kids tantrumed. Well, agreed. And also, this is five light years across. Now, just for listeners, I've done the math. Or if you're American, I've done the math. Five light years across is the size of this anomaly. Now, five light years is 29 trillion miles. So bear in mind, from Earth to our first galaxy, it's Alpha Centauri. That's 4.3 light years away. So basically, we're saying it's fucking huge. Huge. Clearly, the explosion is something's happened. I blamed Buck pussy because every time there's an episode of season three it got bigger <laughs> Tilly's looking a bit upset I think we're going to lose a, a regular cast member at least one when you see Burnham she isn't just doing the shit something's gone wrong she's like doing quite the intense looking we've lost someone we love here obviously Saru well uh, Saru's on, back isn't he he's back but he's not on the bridge he is now, now you say that there's a season four picture we've actually posted it on our Instagram page trying to encourage people to give us the their thoughts. If you look, Saru's in the background in his usual form of spot that he had when he was second in command. Not as captain. <laughs> 
No. He is actually in the picture, and if you look towards the end of the trailer, actually Saru, or certainly what looks like Saru's hand, uh, wearing the red command uniform, shakes Burnham's. So I think he comes back, but he takes his role as second in command. I was specifically meaning at the beginning where he's on the planet as an ambassador. You are right, he does shake the hand. Maybe some reconciliation there. What we do see, the Cardassians. Do we? I missed that bit. Then we see the Vulcan from last time, so we get the Shat Valat, the Killer Nuns, they're back. We don't get the Shad Badge, <laughs> they're Picard. But we have a female who's in charge of the Federation. They call them presidents, don't they, when it's the United Federation of Planets? Yeah, it's a president. She's now Pally, and then we see another lady who's got the, the ridges of Cardassian. We haven't seen Deep Space Nine. We haven't um, spoken about Bajor. There could be, in this future, they could be part of the United Federation planets, or it could be, as you say, trying to establish communication. I don't have a problem with Cardassians being in it. Not the one with the massive arse. <laughs> Not that one. See, I love the Cardassians. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardassians as a race I think they're fab because yeah. they're so complex even Garrick who was for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes a good guy was someone I would never trust <laughs> he'd be your best mate and you still wouldn't trust I mean you wouldn't leave your wallet on the table while you went to the toilet would you wouldn't take me back on him if I'm honest no if we met for lunch I'd order a meal that I could eat with only a fork and I'd specifically ask for a plastic one so if he wanted to disarm me he'd only <laughs> have the plastic fork to kill me with to be fair though he's that well trained he would probably kill you with a piece of paper he probably would no I agree with you I love Garrick I love Ducat all of those because again you know the militaristic they seem to have one focus for me like you say the Klingons were warlike but the Cardassians seem to be very very good at tactical stuff strategizing they were yeah. snakes in the grass they'd say one thing but be thinking planning and doing another and that Absolutely. was quite nice they worked well and I think with Ducat there was moments where you saw him not weak particularly but sort of he was sensitive and there was some moments where you saw that there could be a coexistence between the Federation and the Kardashians even though throughout Next Generation where they were introduced they would be at loggerheads with each other or there was almost Cold War thing where they were trying to do something quicker than you just to get one up on you whereas d 9 you saw although the Dominion War saw the worst of things there was this thing between Cisco and Ducat. Ducat was amazing he was yeah. so layered wasn't he? Yeah I've not actually watched the last episode of Deep Space Nine on purpose. Really? And ever? Yeah, yeah. No as long as I haven't seen the last episode of Deep Space Nine it hasn't ended oh dude true story oh dude I, so I don't know what happens you really know, everyone, yeah no, everyone dies apparently that's what you, that's what you say <laughs> no yeah because when I heard it was ending I was like no because I loved Deep Space Nine so as far as I'm concerned it hasn't ended the final episode is almost broken into two final episodes so have you you've seen the second to last one whatever the last episode is if that's the case I don't think I have wow wow I'm shocked principles man that's an impressive principle because there's no way I'd be disappointed Disciplined enough to stick to that. And I've got it on DVD and I've also got Netflix so I could watch it anytime I want. I just haven't. It's not like the season got crapper and crapper to the point where when you got to the second to last season, it's year of the mindset. I can't be arsed watching another episode. I don't really care how it ends. It's great leading up oh, to that is. point. Yeah. You've. <laughs> You've, you've kind of stopped mid-flow. It's like going for a wee and then deciding to stop in the middle. I, I don't know how you've done it. That's impressive. I just couldn't bring myself to close that chapter. I was actually thinking about maybe re-watching Enterprise. I've watched Enterprise probably in the last five years. I've watched it through and I, I enjoyed it. So, people, there you go. Email in to the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk or send us a direct message on our social media platforms and give Mark a strong reason as to 
why he should watch the final episode of Deep Space Nine. Remember him in childhood before he lost him? Um, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> not Jimmy. I was going to say Jimmy Savile, but not Jimmy Savile. It was the other guy. Oh, my childhood's ruined, and then I'll watch Deep Space Nine final episode, and that'll be it. Done. We see Adira and Tal. They're still around. Because we weren't sure, were we, how that was going to work? Yeah, we, we didn't know whether Tal was a figment of Adira's imagination, but it looks like they, they're going to have him as him, her. They're going to have. Carry on, it doesn't matter. Them. <laughs> they're gonna have them as a character I don't know how that's gonna work because no one can see Tal except for Adira they're gonna have to get some proper writer out of storage and work out how they're gonna make Grey a proper visual character that isn't just seen in the mind of Adira because we were talking on how the longevity of that was gonna play out because every time she's having a problem kind of existential crisis and crying again she seems to lean on the vision of Grey what I see less of is tears crying self flagellation, upset, depression. I want to just see Starfleet, grab your balls, get on with stuff, mate. In fairness, this trailer doesn't lend itself to that mindset. It's, no, it very, it's very dark and very grim. Everyone's destroyed. Everyone's emotionally in turmoil. Burnham's voiceover introduction says nothing about fun, happiness and flowers. I don't even think I see... I mean, we see the odd new character, as you say, with potentially the president of the Federation and people like that, but I didn't see any... People People on the bridge that suggested we're in for new characters who are likely to be ship based or bridge based. No, and I don't remember seeing Dr. Culber either. No. The other thing we did see, which is interesting, I'm going to throw it out there as a possible thought of where we're going to go. You know, the lady who has got the implant thing? Do you know what's sad about that is that we don't know the names. That's always a telltale. Well, isn't it? We don't know enough or care enough about some of these characters to actually know the names. I couldn't named practically the whole crew from Next Generation because we were, over the course of time, given enough information about them where we cared. 35 years on. Deepma. Lieutenant Deepma seems to have had an upgrade in her visual cortex stimulus. Looks very similar to Seven of Nine's one, if you wanted to do a side-by-side comparison. Two reasons could have occurred for that happening. One, in the future, they've embraced Borg technology, and that's plausible. Voyager adapted to aid them on their way home. Or second of all, maybe the Borg, possibly, I don't know how it would work because they don't care about playing well with others. Maybe the Borg somehow are in partnership with Federation at some point. I mean, it could all be nonsense, but to be fair, that's another option. But she seems to have an augmentation similar to Seven of Nines. But then again, this is the future we're talking about. She was still using a watch from the 1940s in 2020, really, wasn't she, if you think about it that way? Even further than that, in terms of the time difference between where Discovery came from and where it is now. Interesting. What are your levels of optimism about Season 4 of Discovery? And if it's bad... I mean, it's tough because we do this show, so we kind of feel obliged to watch it all the way through in order to pass our comments. But is there a risk at some point, like, say, if if at the end of Season 4 we feel much the same as we did at the end of Season 3, is there a risk we don't pick up on Season 5 if it goes ahead? I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I'm a bit more politically minded when it comes to storytelling. I quite like the ability to be able to come to conclusions myself and I watch things because I enjoy them and the escapism. I'm a fan of 
of Star Trek. I'm not a fan of politics. I'm going to give it a go season four and not have my side bias where I'm already going into it knowing it's going to be crap. I don't have um, a lot to say good for it right now simply because it didn't leave us with anything wonderful. I'm going to come fresh-faced, I think. That's my approach. They need to write really, 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 really good stories. There's no excuse now. If you can write good stories in the 90s with shows that didn't have half the following they potentially could have, people will tune out. There's a thing called totes and it's how the networks can work out how many people turned off the figures are dropping so they need to capture the essence of what fans love and I don't want to keep banging on about next generation because we shouldn't have to you and I should be going oh do you remember in Discovery season one when they did this but we're not well we enjoyed those shows from that time period so I put Deep Space Nine and Voyager in into that equation I like them because they were science fiction they were coming across technologies that we hadn't come across they were exciting adventures and explorations there was challenges and quandaries that were thrown up each week that they had to solve it didn't take itself too seriously which was great because it therefore didn't feel really heavy but yet you became invested in it and that's what I fell in love with and I enjoyed seasons one and two of Discovery I thought season three was really bad the problem is Discovery season one and two were good enough for me to overlook the fact that it was dark and heavy and full of misery season three had all of those things and was bad which just led us to feel like we were sick of watching people cry when you've got rerun shows that are being watched by more people than season three discovery and you've got competitive shows on the same network so cbs i know they've cancelled macgyver and a couple of others so there's really less people tuning into those but when you've got competing shows with better viewing figures they really need to book their ideas up and especially when you've got on the hot on the trail i don't know when they're coming out i think production's going to start with strange new worlds very very soon as early as april and when they come out and because it's already been marketed as very like the original series we don't know anything about pike other than the two episodes he ended up being in one being the pilot and they didn't move forward on that they've got a blank canvas to do what they want we love pike we would go discovery or strange new worlds and we go strange new worlds please but i want both you and i know if we have a repetition of what happened in season three and we're investing our time you and i watch the show twice then do a podcast on it and then you write a couple of characters on a piece of paper <laughs> Not characters. <laughs> I use IMDb for that. I write words, a couple of words. <laughs> a couple of words. So then if we're presented with the Section 31 series, the jury's out on that. But mostly I'm excited to see Strange New Worlds. Have you watched, I, I feel we're going on a massive tangent here, but um, Lower Decks? No, have you? Yeah, I, I've watched some of them because the missus isn't a fan particularly. I have to watch them at a certain time of the day when she's not around because it's like Futurama, but Star Trek. So there's lots of noise and shouting it's an easy watch it's relatively amusing i won't particularly say i'm massively struck on it but it's nice to watch over if you're a teenage kid you probably think it's great it's all right it's not too bad but it's too noisy for me to watch it while she's asleep in bed so i can't get away with it then she has to not be in the house in order for me to get through it and it's not that amazing that as soon as she walks out the door i'm literally leaping over the couch to grab the buttons to switch it on there's probably something else that's on that I'm more interested in seeing. Do you have it where it's on and then when she walks and you put porn on? <laughs> do you want? She'd probably be happy with that. It's far too shouty and explosiony for her. When I first started watching the first couple of episodes and she's in bed and there's all this noise and she sort of spun around. Her head did that Exorcist style 360 turn. <laughs> she's like, you can switch that shit off. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. I've never ever been a fan of the cartoon stuff. Well, I'm not. When I saw it was a cartoon, I'm thinking this is aimed at kids. But I thought I'd give it a whirl just one afternoon. I happened to just think, sod it, let's give it a whirl. And it is, it's a bit like Futurama. So if you don't like those kind of shows, you aren't going to like this at all. But if you don't mind those shows, then actually it's worth giving it a roll. It's not too bad. When I was younger, I used to watch a lot of cartoons, all the classics. As I've got older, I didn't, I've not watched Family Guy. It's not tied into the wider Star Trek universe either because of course it's a cartoon so it does callbacks and brings in themes and aliens and all that kind of stuff that makes it inherently involved in the universe but it's not like for example the Marvel stuff where everything is intrinsically linked and if something happens in one show or film there is a knock-on effect in another show or film there's none of that so it's very standalone and therefore if it's your thing you might enjoy it and if it's not your thing not seeing it is not going to be a detriment to your life in any way shape or form with the amount of TV and things I watch when I commit to a show I have to watch it except for Deep Space Nine where you finish one show one episode short well only because it was such a classic show I mean I was gutted when Iron Man died spoiler alerts people mind you if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Endgame Jesus Christ I mean if you haven't seen it now more fool you (laughs) <laughs> but when I sat in like two and a half hours and that, you can't just go at it now, I'm walking out. I have... <laughs> you get to the point where Captain America's got Thor's hammer and you go, yep, that'll do me. I can yeah, see bye. everyone's come through those Doctor Strange time portal things all in one go and you go, yep, I know where this is going. I'm out. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it was the same with Enterprise because there'd been such a gap. I was looking forward to it and my heart sank a little bit when the theme tune came on for Enterprise because it wasn't like all the others have been quite sort of... It's come along, way. Get it from there. It's woeful. But the other thing is, until season two, didn't have Star Trek. It just said Enterprise. But it was a good show. It was just cancelled too soon, sadly. Really excited to see what's in store for Strange New Worlds. Very good. So, for the benefit of the listeners, I think Discovery's marked as coming out in 2021, which means it could be any time between now and December. Pick your date. Picard's down as being 2022, which means it could be any time between January and December. That's as specific as I think we can be at the moment. We will, of course, review the shows episode by episode. We have our Picard Talk show, which you can either find on the Picard Talk channel or the Two Marks, which will cover those episodes. And we have Disco Fever, which will cover the Star Trek Discovery stuff. And again, you can find it either on its own channel or on the Two Marks. And to find all of them, just go to thepodstation.co.uk. Dead simple. That's easy, isn't it? Dead easy. Check us out on social media, the Two Marks. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you want to send us an email, in fact, I insist send Mark an email as to why he needs to watch the last episode. I can't get my head around that. The two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. Otherwise, I think we'll call it a day there. We'll pick up when we find out when it's actually coming out. (laughs) Maybe it's just a peak our interest for another 12 months while we go back into lockdown again. I'm just impressed that we've got about an hour's worth of show from my three words. with the notes so guys thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time cheers away team out